resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Today's guest is Canadian singer-songwriter who burst on the scene in 2003 with her pulse-pounding, self-titled debut album, which sold 300,000 copies and earned her platinum status in Canada. The album spawned three top 20 singles, two top 10 hits, Bye Bye Boyfriend and Don't Go. Her hit single Everything was featured on the soundtrack for the movie The Perfect Score, which pulled over $10 million at the box office during its theater run, which I partially credit to her because I only went to see that movie due to your song and I couldn't have been the only one a pioneer for 2000s females in rock and roll, and a trailblazer for black women specifically in rock and roll, an electrifying live performer, a thought-provoking songwriter, an incredible vocalist, an unapologetic fucking legend, and a badass bitch, Fifi Dobson. Hey, thanks for having me. That was a great intro. I love that. Thank you. My boyfriend gave me this book last night. It's called Words to Sell, and I pulled a few from the category sexy. Oh, Pulse Bounding? Is that one of them? Pulse Bounding. Yes, that was the best one. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled that right out of that <laughs> so book. Good. I said pulse pounding. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. It's good, right? All the time now. Yeah. I pulled a few from, um, there's like all these different categories that he bookmarked. He's so cute. And I pulled some from Handsome and I read them to him out loud. <laughs> Ooh. Is yeah. there a good one for Handsome? What's what's a good word for Handsome? I forgot them all. I didn't write them down because I was too busy focusing <laughs> on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So you inspired the punk rock era of my life in all my teenage angst. I was uh, such a weird kid that I used to always hang out at the music store when I was like five and up. And it was right next to, um, we used to go to the wall before it was FYE. And we used to see all the kids from my school that I knew going into the toy store, like directly next door. And I was in the record store, like chilling with the employees and buying cassettes. And like music has always been my passion. So the first time I heard of you, we used to go like every week if I didn't have any thing I was looking for we would just like check shit out and play it on you remember you could scan the CDs in the store and hear it on the headphones uh-huh, I loved that yeah we we would like preview everything my mom was like put that down you're gonna get lice and I was like you're fucking ruining my life like don't kill my vibe bitch like let me just live you know Get lice. Seriously, lice and like weird bugs in your ears? Who fucking thinks about that at five, six, seven years old? Not me. So I bought the single of Take Me Away with that cool like sketch art that was on the cover. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Well, of course you remember it. It's your own fucking product, obviously. <laughs> so that had Take Me Away and that had Bye Bye Boyfriend. And I was like so obsessed with you. This is 2003. I'm 10 years old. And I begged my mom and my dad to buy me an electric guitar because I wanted to learn to play so bad never learned to play the electric guitar but I would put on my leather jacket and put my guitar strap on and fake play rock star to your album having no idea what the fuck I was doing that's amazing it's amazing I love it just sitting here trying to play unforgiven my mom's like you don't know how to play the fucking guitar (laughs) air guitar is great too though so yeah it felt different when I had the real guitar and then I felt like shit because I didn't really know how to play it but you know we got over it that's amazing I love that Your music has a massive resurgence in my life when I go through my first breakup at 20, which I thought was so serious. I think that ghost and stuttering 
were probably on replay that entire uh, period of my life, as well as in high school when my fake straight boyfriend, who was straight but used to like send me weird texts on the low, would piss me off. I would be playing that shit nonstop, dramatically walking through the hallway at school with my headphones in. Such a drama queen. I love that. (laughs) So good. Yeah, a lot of drama in my life when I was younger. Are you still in New York? I saw that you were at Fashion Week. Um, I was uh, actually seeing a Canadian designer called Revenge in Toronto for New York Fashion Week. And it was so good. So good. But yeah, no, I'm actually going to Paris in uh, three days, actually. Actually, two days. And I think uh, Fashion Week's happening there. That's exciting. What are you doing there? Celebrating my birthday. Oh, nice. When's your birthday? February 28th. And you're going to be 26? Oh, forever 21. <laughs> forever 21. <laughs> I, can they sue you for that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I always go to Fashion Week every year in New York. And I saw you posting about New York Fashion Week and I thought you were there. But, you know, like COVID, I guess the guest list gets a little slimmer and they trim the fat. So I'm the fat. Didn't go this year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I love it. I always go. So I was like, holy shit. I think I had just booked the interview with you. And I was like, I'm going to go find her. And then I was like, no, that's like so stalkerish. Imagine I pop up and I'm like, hey, I'm interviewing you on Monday. Nice to see you. Like, hey, what's up, Phoebe? I'd be like, cool, let's get a drink. <laughs> so I want to do like a quick timeline of your career. And then I want to get into the new stuff. Obviously, we know you started singing and writing songs and discovering music early on. So at what point do you start pursuing a record deal? Like what point? at what point do you say, this is what I'm going to do. I got to get signed. Uh, I was about 12 and yeah, super young. And um, my mom, single mother, you know, she friggin' like made money by selling newspapers on our block. You know, it was like 25 cents a paper. She worked her butt off and she got me this karaoke machine one time for Christmas. And um, it was the best karaoke machine ever. It was huge. I mean, it was when karaoke machines were finally portable and you could take them into your house. So they were massive and um, only did cassette tapes. And I just made demo tapes of like artists that I love singing their songs, <clears throat> singing their songs from uh, Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, love Shania Mariah Twain. Carey. And I, I know. And I just sent them out, sent them out. And um, that was my goal since I was a little girl to get signed. So originally you were in talks to sign with Jive, which was obviously at the time a huge label. They had all the big pop stars, Britney, NSYNC, Usher, Aaliyah. Um, But you passed because they wanted to take you more of the pop route. So what was the experience like where you met with them and talked about what you wanted to do, what they wanted to do? And what kind of image did they present you that turned you off? Yeah, I was working with a Canadian label at that point that was affiliated with Jive in the U.S. And um, it was just the, um, they put me with producers that were super talented, but just, I found they were creating sounds and tracks that just didn't make sense for me and for my vocals. And they kind of coined me, like when they tried to describe who I was or to other people, the I was coined as Brandy Spears, which really bothered me, even though I was like 15, 16, it actually really bothered me because it felt very, I don't know, like I was being put in a box before I even started. Okay, so then you end up signing with Island, which is another huge label at the time. So like, what's Mm -hmm. the recording process like when you're coming into the big leagues and like you're signed and now you're starting an album, you know, that's going to come out on a major label. Do you immediately start feeling the pressure versus when you're like, 
recording to try to get the deal and doing your karaoke at home? Like, does it feel different? Well, our album was basically like, I worked with a um, Prozac who was a band in Canada, Jay and James, and we made this project. We made the first album and it was basically done when we pitched it to Island F Jam. You know, um, there were a few songs that weren't on there, 8x10, uh, Take Me Away um, at that point. But then, well, we we brought them the project, right. you know, and, and we did that purposely because we wanted to make sure that we carved out the sound and the vision before other people got too involved. And the main thing that, you know, when we got with them, they were definitely on us about getting a first single. And that's when we wrote Take Me Away. Do you ever feel like tired of talking about Take Me Away or performing Take Me Away? Or do you still love it? Because I feel like some artists end up resenting their lead single so hard. So I'm always interested to know, like, do you still love it? Does it still bring back those good feelings? Or are you like, God, I'm sick of talking about this song and this and performing it? No, I still love it. You know, um, every time we play it, it's, it's, it's always fun. And I always break out the classic dance moves <laughs> yeah like in the video <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i always bring those out and you know i still enjoy it it's, it's got a lot of energy yeah. so i love it yeah i still love it too so you have a string of successful singles at this point from that album everything gets featured in the perfect score as i mentioned before how does that happen like how, who approaches you to put that song in the movie i don't really remember <laughs> <laughs> so young or like a lot of things are kind of a blur but I do remember shooting the video for that um that song and it was so much fun it was my first time where I felt really cute <laughs> and just like I was in my element and I got to meet some of the actors from from the movie and um it was just it was just a fun time it actually is fun little tidbit I actually that day in when I do the performance for like the the school kind of like I don't know what is it like um they're trying to find like the band that mm -hmm. the, the I don't know what it's called if you've seen the video yeah. I perform at the end on stage with a band mm -hmm. with my band and I actually split my pants <laughs> I'll never forget it um I tend to do that a lot because I go crazy on times. stage yeah yeah I go, I go crazy on stage and I don't think about it and yeah. I go crazy yeah. on the dance floor and sometimes I drop it too low. I split my pants real bad. <laughs> drop and then, it way too low. And then I'm drunk and I can't go home and like get new pants. So I'm just fucked <laughs> with my red underwear hanging out sometimes. You know, like what's that about? It's amazing. That video was like super ahead of its time with the graphics and the way you're like hanging from the math signs. That shit was on MTV like every six minutes at that time. I couldn't get away from it. And not that I minded because I loved it. But like that video was huge on MTV and that just like solidified where your career was going for me. I was like, oh, she's going to be huge. Thank God I got in early. I love this bitch. Like, here we go. <laughs> so your album goes platinum in Canada. You're everywhere in the US. When do you realize like, holy shit, I'm huge right now. And when do you start thinking about album two? Like, how do you know it's time to focus on the next project? Um, I was so in like the zone with this first album like I toured it for two years I, I I felt really positive about it you know there were a lot of great opportunities happening like touring with Justin Timberlake and you're up and oh we're getting and, um yes and <laughs> TRL and and all the radio shows so it was a lot of fun 
Uh, and I was like growing up like on the road, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you were what, like six, 18 when it came out or something? Yeah, I was right? 18 when it came out. So I was like literally like totally growing up on the road. Did you let your mom preview Rocket till you drop it? Or did you shock her with those lyrics when it just came out? <laughs> Did I shock my mom? Yeah, the lyrics are a little provocative for being 17, probably, when you recorded it. Did she hear it? She probably heard it. I mean, I don't, I don't think, like, I think she's not, she's not surprised. She's not shocked. I yeah. I've always been, yeah. <laughs> I've always just kind of said what I wanted to say. I was thinking before I started this, I was like, should I, like, tone down my mouth? And then I was like, well, her new single is called Fucking in Love, so I think she'll be okay with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fine with it. I've had a potty mouth for a long time <laughs> me too all right so let's talk about our mutual love for justin timberlake because i listened for an interview that you did where you talked about how you had the posters on your wall and he inspired take me away and then you went on tour with him and i am uh -huh. a sick motherfucker so i've been telling people that justin timberlake and i are in an open relationship since i was five <laughs> um he doesn't yes. know it but you know whatever so how do you end up touring with him and at what capacity do you get to interact with him well when I was in high school, everyone thought I was insane because I'd walk around being like, Justin Timberlake's going to know me one day. <laughs> Wait, same. Literally yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. I know it's every instant concert. And like, I got closer and closer to the front row as I got like older and would cry. I touched his leg once and I had a heart attack during the Future <laughs> Sex Love Sounds tour. I snuck down onto the floor and I was like, oh my God. Oh, I love that. I, love I do. I just, it's, yeah, me too. And I've been a fan since NSYNC and... And I just kept telling people that. And they just were like, okay, Fifi, all right, see you in French, you know, <laughs> see you in French class, like whatever. Um, I bet they feel stupid now. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, it just, I, I don't remember. I got a call. Well, first I saw him on TRL and he was introducing my video. and Crazy. Yeah, my management sent it to me and they were like, look at this video. And I freaked out and I have it on VHS tapes somewhere still because it was like a moment yeah for me. i would die because he like started singing my song and like and i was like oh my god oh my god and then i got a uh a call from chris my manager at that point and and like he was like yeah so you got the justin timberlake tour oh my god and uh i don't remember exactly what chris said to me to like quote him but it was one of those moments where i definitely blacked out so crazy for sure and uh yeah and then he I went on tour Justin and it was insanity. That's so insane. Did you get to like see him and hang out with him a little bit? Oh, he's so humble. Such a cool dude. Like, yeah, he introduced himself to us and he was always really gracious and really, really sweet. I so. just imagine him being like, hi, I'm Justin. And I would be like, yeah, I fucking know. Everyone knows you're Justin. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Justin Timberlake, let's talk about Pharrell. What did you work on with Pharrell and what was that experience like? Well, that was also a crazy moment too. Um, I, I went into Miami and, and I just got to sit with him and work on some music and, um, always been a huge fan of Pharrell. I would yeah, love to work insane. with Pharrell again, actually. He's, yeah, he's damn cool. And the Neptunes, the Neptunes were yeah. so huge at this time. They were producing yeah, everything. And, and they were working with Nelly here and there, Nelly Furtado and my manager, Chris Smith works, uh, work, works with Nelly Furtado as well. And it was just kind of like, it made sense. Mm -hmm. And 
brought everyone together. So yeah, it was a magical moment. That's such an awesome experience. I want to get into Sunday Love. I hold on to this album so hard. And there's so many questions I have about what happened during that process. So the first two singles from your second album, Sunday Love, come out. Don't Let It Go to Your Head, which is my favorite. Um, And the video for that was the reason that I begged my mom to let me get an eyebrow ring. And she told me basically to go fuck myself, in other words. (laughs) (laughs) followed by this is my life but this is where you start to have issues with the label so what happens there while you're making the second album that causes something between you and the label well those singles came out and it was just a moment of not really being on the same page unfortunately and just not knowing to what i've been told and kind of putting you know putting everything together and connecting the dots was that it was a little bit too rock and roll for the pop side and too you know, um, mainly that it just wasn't connecting and it was just a little bit too hard and hard to, I think, market. Right. Um, and then there were budget cuts, I believe. And, and that was that there's a lot of stuff that happens in the boardroom. Right. That's so crazy. Cause I really think that that's like your best work collectively i think that's the best album that you've put out and it's the one i listen to most there's so many songs i love and i think that it was such a mistake like there was there was such a market for that kind of sound well my my team wants me to do like uh, a sunday love pop-up show that would be crazy yeah it would be fun it would be fun just dedicated to that album um just in specific spots you know yeah i think a lot of your fans would really enjoy that because so many people who love you really love that album the most Yeah. So when you part ways with your label and when you're coming from that situation, getting such like a huge push and such crazy distribution from a label, like, are you relieved in some way to be able to creatively do what you want or are you scared of what's to come next? Well, I was petrified, (laughs) you know, I mean, I had to start again. I went back to Toronto from L.A. And literally, I didn't have my album anymore. Like, I couldn't release any more songs. I I had no control. So, you know, um it was devastating for me and fortunate for me. I'm very lucky to have a great team. Like I mentioned, Chris and Danny and people in my life and in my corner that have supported me and kept me um, just focused, you know, Uh, they helped push me through this and, and to get me through it. And once I started noticing some other awesome females doing some of the songs off the album, Mm -hmm. Um, like as a blonde and start all over. Start all was, over. Yep. Yeah, was for Sunday Love that um, for as a blonde with Selena Gomez and start all over Miley Cyrus and then uh, Jordan Sparks did Don't Let It Go to Your Head. So your version's better. Oh, <laughs> no, they're amazing. It's, Everyone's amazing. It's, it's different. It's different. Yes. It's different. And and but at the end of the day, it, it just it made me so proud to see these women like killing these songs, making them awesome, and like. It was about, it was kind of a moment for me where I felt like, okay, Fifi, you're not a shit writer. Yeah, really, it really helped me through it. And uh, it was, it was a, uh, a moment for me. It was definitely a moment for me to finally get back on my feet and go back into the lab and start writing again. Start All Over is my literal, one of my favorite Miley Cyrus songs ever. And I didn't know until recently that you had written it. So it was so weird that I like love you and your music so much. And I 
think Miley Cyrus is great, but that song like stood out to me, not knowing that it was your writing and your vocals in the background. And she like mm-hmm. posts every time she goes on tour, what old song should I bring back? And I'm like in the comments threatening her. I'm like, you better play start all over you fucking bitch. I love that song. So that's so crazy that I love you and your music. And I didn't even know that that was you and your music. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. I'm still voting for you to release your version or like at least Dropbox it to me. I peer pressure all my friends that are musicians into Dropboxing me. They're unreleased shit. And now we're friends. So you're no different. That would be cool. Also, Round and Round would be cool. The one we we uh, did for Selena. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't even know that. Uh-huh. We have a version of that, too. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I didn't find that when I was researching. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is fun to listen to the original demos, for sure. And I'm sure your sound is so different than what they made a little more pop and commercialized. So I, I can't imagine how great those like raw versions of You'll those songs are. You'll actually be surprised how close they are, actually. Really? <laughs> be surprised, yeah. So let's fast forward to 2010 and you released Joy after a four-year break. Um, it says that you released that with Island. So what is the capacity that they're involved? Is it just distribution? And like, what does it feel like to come back to some sort of situation with them after being so disappointed about your second album? Uh, no, it was a full deal. I literally re-signed. I feel like that's like sleeping with your ex. Like you romanticize the good parts and you're like, this could be For great. Sure. <laughs> For sure. I went back to bed with my ex. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> Yeah, but it felt good. It was joyful. That's why I wrote Joy. I mean, that's why I named it Joy was because I was in a joyful place. And, you know, I felt like it was full circle at that point. Such a great album. So the majority of that album is your signature sound. But then like the singles like Ghost and Stuttering and um, what's the song? Can't Breathe as Mm -hmm. well. Um, They're like a little more pop driven. What made you dip into that direction? And is that something that you would experiment with again? Yeah, I mean... The the album is basically split in two, you know, it's kind of like two of my sides because it's kind of like my first album was more pop rock. And then my second album was more hardcore, which was which is what I was going for was a more rock and roll and, you know, authentic album on Sunday Love. So I had to marry the two somehow. And so I literally split the album in two, like the first half is rock, I believe, or is it the opposite? And then it goes into the pop, or maybe it's the pop. And it's it the pop the and then the rock. Yeah, because the, the singles yeah. are at the top. Yeah, yeah. So that was done on purpose. And um, it's just to show both my sides, you know. I would love to see you experiment with like a um, little more like electronic pop, even if it was just like a single or two, like that Diplo, Aluna George style. Like, I feel like your vocals would fit that so well. Well, Fucking In Love definitely has... Um, more dance vibes. I can hear it. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited because I feel like that song is going to be fun to perform live more than anything. Yeah. I I can hear it in the clip. Like it it sounds a little more pop driven and I like that, but it still has like the rock soul, you know? Yeah. The edge. Yeah. There's so much Joan Jett in Sunday love, a little in joy, but more so in Sunday love. And the promos for fucking in love. It's giving me like a Joan Jett vibe. I love her. I just saw her for the first time live in concert, like right up front, like two months ago. Yeah. And I, I almost passed out. I love her so much. And what a legend to like see in person. Um, so is oh, she yeah. someone that you grew up listening to and inspired you in some way? Cause I feel like I can hear it a little bit in the sound. hundred percent. I love Joan Jett. I actually got to write with her 
for a bit years ago. And then we didn't finish the song. I think it was called Underdog. We never finished it uh, in New York. That's but um, not only do I love her music and her fashion, but like her story is so epic, you know, just as a woman, like no one wanted to sign her and she started her own label and no one believed in I love rock and roll and her vision. And she's like, well, fuck y'all. Like, yeah. I'm going to make my own situation happen for me. And I don't, I don't need anybody. I just love her. I think she's amazing. No one believed in the runaways too, even before she did her own stuff and look at what that did yeah. for rock and roll, I know. you know, and for females specifically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like when I listen to songs like If I Was a Guy and Get You Off specifically, like I can hear that Joan influence in those songs of yours. I loved those videos you used to do um, on YouTube where you were moving to L.A. and you had those like mini (laughs) vlogs. I used to every time they would come out on YouTube, I think there's like 10 or 12 or something. I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to see where Fifi is when she's (laughs) at her L.A. house yet. I couldn't get enough of that shit. And I rewatched it because I forgot. And then when I was prepping for the interview i was like holy shit i used to watch this shit all the time in my leather jacket (laughs) oh my god with your guitar i know yeah so something that i think sets you apart as an artist besides being an incredible vocalist is that you're a songwriter and your songwriting is very versatile like no two songs really sound the same to me there's like different styles in how you write and i feel like it's a common theme in the industry for females to get kind of like overlooked when it comes to their writing because it's so much about the look and the movement and the flip the hair here like that's all great and I love that but I think it's important to recognize a great songwriter songwriting and doing that so well I feel puts you in like a different tax bracket let's say um so do you feel like that talent gets overlooked or takes a back seat to like other aspects of your career that you might find less important uh well starting so young and writing about like my home life and like, you know, not having my dad around and like the lack of, um, to me felt like the lack of like love and understanding when I was a kid and trying to fit in and this other, I've always thought that it was very important for me to be vocal of what I was going through. And so for me as a writer or I I like to just be as honest as I can be and as vulnerable as I can be. I do write about love. I do, you know, because I love love. Like I'm a complete romantic. I can't help it. I am Romeo and I am Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just who I am. I love it. What percentage of songs, like, I don't know if you like voice note ideas like other artists do if you write things down, but like what percentage of your ideas for a song become a fully fleshed out song? Um, A lot of them, actually. Like most, more times than not? Yeah, I mean, before I had like the iPhone back in the day, which is crazy, (laughs) but um, we didn't have the voice notes. So we had like another machine, you know, that would carry with us or you would just you know, write it down on like a hotel pad of paper. Uh, I love that. Do you have those still? Do you have some of that stuff? I do have some of those. Yeah. That's so cool. It's probably hard to pick, but like, give me like one or two of your favorite songs that you've written. I would say on the first album, Rainbow, uh, it's a special one for me. It was about Judy Garland and her legacy. Um, And it was like the first song I really like actually was like, okay, I have this idea and brought it to Jay. I was like, can we do this? You know, that one means a lot to me. And then I love Can't Breathe because uh, it was originally we were writing it for Leona Lewis. And then after it was done, I was like, hell no, I'm keeping it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
but there's a, there's a, there's a few. And like, I want you, which is so simple. Like I call it the Dr. Seuss of a song <laughs> in the funny. sense, like it's just so ABC, ABC, like it's like, yeah, it's Sesame street. You know what I mean? Um, not comparing it to Dr. Seuss, just be like, Oh my God, you're not Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh, it's as easy as ABC. Didn't they cancel Dr. Seuss or something? Oh, whatever. Let's not even go there. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> even mean it like that. <laughs> I just mean my writing is so that that song is so simple. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But sometimes that's what makes it great. Who is your favorite artist right now? Like who's putting out stuff right now currently that you really are enjoying? Savannah Ray, who's um, an amazing Canadian singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some Bieber. <laughs> that's funny just do i put on i get in my car and it's the first thing that comes on and i'm just jamming yeah i loved um <laughs> the purpose album i think it was and then he has one called uh, journals that's a little less well known but it's more like r&b i love that shit mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on the willow smith comparisons do you listen to her music have you heard it do you love it and what are your thoughts on everyone comparing what she's doing to what you've done and i think she's listed you as an inspiration which makes sense because when i heard it i think it's great but all i could mm-hmm. think of was this is giving me fifi dobson <laughs> i love it i you know, she's so sweet. And, um, you know, I hope in the future uh, we can collaborate and do something rad. You Love know? that. Your voices would sound great together. So before I let you go, let's talk about the new music. Fucking in Love is the new single, which comes out this Friday. I already love it because I've been listening to the live version from the Kia concert since last fucking year, waiting for this goddamn <laughs> song to come out. And all week, this week, I've been running around saying, I want your babies, I want a house, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm saying. (laughs) But they're used to that with me, because I just quote weird-ass shit. Um, So what's the song about? I was not prepared for that. I want your babies, I want your house, I want forever, and I want it fucking now, okay? (gasps) Yeah, don't play me like I don't know. It's so funny, because... Every time I sing that part, I'm like, man, that is so demanding of me. Like, But it's real. Like, it's real. And I feel like because I'm in the same age group as you, it's fun to listen to you write songs because I can relate to how you're feeling because we're in the same age group experiencing the same things with love and relationships. For sure. What is the new single about? Like, where was your headspace when you were writing it? Well, uh, I had just had some amazing sex. Yes. Oh, God. I lo- I'm so glad you said that. And um, I had to write about it and I went into the studio and I was like, can we talk about this? And so we did. I love it. Um, So is this the start of like a new project? Is a new album coming? Yes. Yes. We are uh, almost done. Yes. When do you think that's coming? Give me like a season. Quarter four, quarter three. I think Danny said around like. Well, sometimes he says spring and then he's like, oh, I have da- I have Danny's email now. Don't make me email him and tell him this better come out. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Do it. All right. So what does it feel like for you to be putting together an album for the first time in so many years? Like, I know you've released a couple singles since Joy, but this is your first album project era since what has it been? 12 years? 11 years? I guess 2012 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that feel like? Honestly, it doesn't even feel like that long. <laughs> you know, it's so weird because when people say that, they're like, it's been 11 years or this, that, and third. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wow. Well, it's your life, so. I can't believe that. I feel like I was 21 yesterday and 70 years ago, so I get it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's just bizarre. And even the first album, it feels a little more removed um, just because I was like a, you know, hormonal teenager just running around. So I, you know, and I could drink for the first time. Like, so everything <laughs> was kind of a blur. And then Sunday Love is super kind of removed, which is even more bizarre. But Joy feels like it was yesterday in a lot of ways. So does it feel different creating music now or are you, are you excited? Like what does it feel different when you don't do it for a long time or are you always working on something? I'm always kind of working on stuff. Um, I've made a few albums I have not released that I have put back in the vaults. I actually made a whole nother album in Nashville. Put it out. Um, in 2018, <laughs> it's like surf rock. Um, Drop it. Like Velvet Underground-y kind of. Yeah, it was like my indie life then and i was like okay i just want to make indie music i'm gonna spam your instagram inbox with my dropbox um (laughs) has marriage changed your music or the way that you approach your career like do you find more or less inspiration without experiencing heartbreak well i'll tell you heartbreak don't stop just because you're married honey that's a great point that's the truth um my husband and i have been through a lot and i would say that this album's um, well, I'm, I'm talking about it a lot. I'm, I, I'm opening up about the issues that Wolf and I have had in, in the years and um, just my side of this of the story, because I feel like in in all due respect, um, and I would say this in front of his face, that <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he has been able to tell his side through social media and different things and through his music. And I've kind of kept quiet for many years of, certain things. So I just want to get my story out there and, and uh, explain where I've been and what I've been going through and just where we are now. You know, I love that. I've had, I don't know his music, but like my straight bro friends love him. So Um, are you going to tour this year in the States? Are you going to come see us or what? Like I need a New York show immediately and I'm going to wear my leather jacket in the front row and I want to put in a song request for this is my life. Heck yeah, of course. You're touring? You're touring, yes? Well, we are, you know, we're singles about to come out, so we're going to start getting those shows together. Definitely. Oh, I can't fucking wait. I'm going to be right in the front row, and you better not pretend you don't know me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You better be there. You better be there. You have no idea I'll be there. It could be five nights, and I'll be there every night in a row. Um, Who's an artist that you met that left you completely starstruck? Again, Justin Timberlake was pretty high up there i mean i was a kid so i was like damn um i would say like i did a radio show did a radio show with janet jackson and lenny kravitz once um on the same bill and that was pretty phenomenal did you watch the janet jackson documentary I haven't seen it yet. It's I haven't sick. seen it yet. It's sick. They show home video, like VHS footage of her and Michael writing Scream, which is one of my favorite songs. Incredible. They're yeah. like writing it in a hotel room. Insane. I can't even believe they have that. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. I feel like ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're busy though. Like you got a lot of shit you're working on. <laughs> Your self-titled album, Fifi Dobson, turns 20 years old next year. And obviously re-releases and merch are really huge in the music industry right now as like our favorite 90s 2000s pop artists are hitting the 20 25 year mark uh please tell me you're planning something special like a vinyl because i don't think that they have that anywhere yeah we've been talking about it we've been talking about it i mean i would love a vinyl i would love a vinyl yeah so would i and so would everyone else 
Um, what is your <laughs> vision for your career and your goals beyond this next album? Like, as you put out this album and you really come back into music full force, like, what are you thinking about you want to do afterwards, like, for the rest of your career? Well, just keep, you know, I definitely don't want to disappear for 11 years again. You better not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find you if you do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm over that. Um, just to keep connecting, you know, and make more music, tour, and uh, keep rocking till I'm dropping. I mean, like the legacy you've built thus far is like so wildly impressive. And I don't even believe that the height of it has happened yet. Like your music has lasted the ultimate test, which is time. And your new single hasn't dropped yet. And you've only released two or three singles after Joy. And you're still pulling almost 300,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone. So, like, everyone is obviously still so invested in you and loves you so much. I mean, I had one of my comedy videos hit half a million views. And I was, like, putting my big sunglasses on and ready to go buy a Porsche that I can't (laughs) afford. So, like, I can't imagine how you feel with all that you've accomplished. It's incredible. And I think that, like, so many great things are coming for you. And I wish you so much success that you deserve. It's I can't wait to hear the single instead of listening to that fucking live version. I can't wait to hear the real thing on Friday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. It really is such an honor. I have loved you so much for so long. And everybody who's listening, you better stream the single Fucking In Love on 225, which is this Friday. Otherwise, I'm coming for you. Hell yeah. Don't forget New York 2022, 2023. I'm going to be like, it's me. And you're going to be like, who's that crazy person in the front row? Escort him out. (laughs) No, bring him on stage. (laughs) Uh, 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 Yes, I'll wear my leather jacket and fake play the guitar. Yes, please. I got some moves. I'll try not to split my pants. Well, I will. I probably will. (laughs) Super excited that we got to talk to you. Can't wait to hear the single. And yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. 